Well, Bible conference is here again. I love Bible conference. And uh, I like hearing the different men preach. And one of my favorites is Dr. Wayne Willis. Dr. Wayne Willis has been preaching for us for over 20 years. We were trying to guess maybe as much as 25 years he's been visiting our church and, and preaching for us. He preached his first sermon when he was 16 years old. You know how many years ago that was? A lot. 61 years ago. He's been preaching 61 years. Isn't that great? And uh, he took his first pastorate at age 23. He pastored for 35 years and uh, was also a professor at Piedmont uh, International University for 25 years. And he's still teaching at Piedmont. And he just recently took a church as interim pastor. So he's serving as interim pastor and teaching. And... Uh, uh, his wife Alice is with us today. They've been married 55 years. And they, by the way, they met at Piedmont. Yeah, what a blessing. And uh, they have three children. One is in heaven. And they have eight grandchildren. And so, uh, as always, we are blessed to hear the good preaching of Brother Wayne. Let's welcome uh, Dr. Wayne as he comes. God bless you. I want to say congratulations, first of all, to your dear pastor, whose friendship I really cherish over the years. Uh, and when I think of an example of a pastor, to go to Paul. That's an example to, to me and to you, I'm sure, and to everybody who watched what kind of a man he is. So I, I certainly appreciate that. You're right, Alice and I have been married 55 years. Like Dr. Bowman said, that's my first wife. And so uh, we... Uh, we don't have any pets, but I remind, am reminded of a, uh, of a story about a man who didn't have any pets, and he was living by himself, and he, he said, I, I need to get a pet. I need to go get a pet. So he went to a pet shop, and, uh, and he said, I'm going to get a parrot, of all things, a parrot. So he bought a parrot. He, he took it home, and, and all of a sudden, the parrot started saying terrible stuff, cussing and this uh, awful things from his, that little parrot. And he got so tired of it, he, one day he just got so angry, he grabbed the parrot and put him in the freezer. He put him in the freezer, and, uh, and uh, pretty soon it was squawking and everything, and then it stopped. And uh, so he finally opened the freezer, and the parrot was standing there. And he said, uh, listen, uh, I want to apologize for all the things I said. Uh, I promise if you let me out of here, I won't, I won't say them again. I won't say those. But there's only one question one question I want to ask him, and he said, what's that? He said, uh, what did the chicken do wrong? <laughs> Today we talk about uh, a grand, many have said, Dr. Alvin J. McLean said, the grand theme of the Bible. And so it's not going to be one text. I'm going to ask you to go to different texts, uh, ones that I'll, I'll call out. But it's the grand theme of the Bible. And it's, it's, it's so big, it's hard to go to uh, just one passage. It intertwines all through the Bible. It, Revelation 20 is not the proof text of the kingdom. It starts really in, in Genesis when uh, Adam is given dominion, and that's how God was going to rule mediatorial through, through uh, human representatives. 
Uh, and so we're going to look at that. It's a reminder to us. You know, in all this, you look around you. I mean, look around you. Is this, the Bible says in Genesis 1.31, God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was, and actually, the, the, it's really strong there, very good, excellent, very good, everything I made. Do you think, as you look around and you look at this old earth and what's going on, this is what God intended for his program. Do you think that this is what the crescendo is for God's program, creation, all of creation? I don't mean just salvation. I mean the world. Is this what God intended? Is this what God wanted? What have you done? All the crime we've seen, all the atrocities we've seen. I think this present evil age, Galatians 1.4, Paul calls it, this present evil age causes us to thirst for what God had in mind for this earth, what God had in mind, for his purposes, his plan. It's more than what we see. Is there universal peace? Is there universal justice, righteousness? Or do we all spiritualize it? Say, well, that doesn't really mean that in the text. So we have a we have a hermeneutical problem. We have a problem with interpretation. So I want to look at some, and, and I think there's a lot of confusion. I go through communities, you do too, and I see different signs about building it, about we're in it. And there's a lot of confusion about what it is. What, what, what is the kingdom? And I, I think there's a lot of confusion, a part satanic, because it is such an important subject. It is such a big subject. It brings such glory to God as we look at it. It gives us a glimpse into the mind of God and what he wants and what he desires. There are all kinds of kingdom theologies now. Under that umbrella, kingdom theology, hyper-Pentecostalism with the signs and wonders movement. They say, well, we have signs and wonders. That's a proof that the, the, kingdom, the kingdom is here. Brian McLaren said, the kingdom is here and now and available to all. Really. Augustine said the kingdom is the church. You're the kingdom. You're the kingdom. Really? You're the kingdom. He changed his mind. He was premillennial. And then Rome fell and he changed his mind. And he spiritualized everything. So you became the kingdom. Or the kingdom is in you. Uh, in King James it says in you. Uh, to the Pharisees, and it's really in your midst. It's not in you. The kingdom has never been in us. It is not in us. It's better in your midst than the Nazbe. Better. The kingdom is offered. The kingdom is near but not here. And the post-millennialists, they're building it. They were building it, and there are different kinds of post-millennialists today. Uh, dominion theology, all different sorts. It's not over. They're building it through the gospel. We're building the kingdom. Isn't that something? Charles Hodge, building the kingdom through the gospel. That's a lot of work. Rick Warren, a uh, wonderful church, really an evangelistic church, but he says, I'm looking at a stadium. This is what Rick Warren says out there in California. I'm looking at a stadium full of people right now who are telling God they will do whatever it takes, listen, to establish God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. Really. And then there are those who say the kingdom is not physical. You're carnal. You're carnal if you think it's physical. It's not physical. It's spiritual. What are you talking about? Everything's been changed. It's all spiritual. God doesn't talk about physical things. So our focus today will be on the kingdom of God and the, and the 
coming kingdom. Everybody say coming. Coming kingdom. It's not here. It is not in you. You're not it. It's coming. And it's not here yet. And you know, though this emperor's uh, new clothes really look great, don't they? There are two aspects of the kingdom. Uh, I know it looks confusing sometimes. I'll just mention this real, really quick. Too. There's a universal kingdom, always been. Uh, God is ruling. That stresses his sovereignty. That's a heavenly emphasis. It's a heavenly interest, like, uh, emphasis. Like David said in 1 uh, Chronicles 29, 11. That's a good passage for the universal kingdom. Thine, O Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the victory and the majesty and all, everything that is in the heaven and in the earth is thine. Thine is the kingdom uh, or dominion, O Lord, for thou art exalted as head above all. Psalm 29, uh, Psalm 93, Psalm 145 says, Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. Uh, Psalm 29:10 10 says, Yea, the Lord sets as a king forever. And so that's the universal kingdom. We know that. It's always existed. He's in charge. It's his sovereignty. It's more than providence. God's in charge of all things. That's called the universal kingdom. But under that, there's, a, there's another kingdom. It's earthly. It's called the mediatorial kingdom. It's theocratic. It's our subject today. In the Old Testament, there was a kingdom of history. You know about that. And uh, it's, it's, it's seen, uh, but that's not disconnected from the kingdom of prophecy. That kingdom of history began uh, in Exodus, uh, in 1906, with uh, the uh, establishment of the nation of Israel. A kingdom of priests. But that kingdom was run by sinful men, or mediated through sinful men, to sinful people. Most of Israel, in my belief, were lost most of the time. That's why, that's why we have them quickly going back to their old ways. And we have the word backslidden, re- relate not to the church, but to Israel. Because most of Israel, for most of the time, my opinion, did not know the Lord. Didn't know Him. It wasn't written on their hearts, the law. They just obeyed it. They stayed in the covenant through obedience to those laws, but it, the law never saved anybody. And you, you know all of this. But the kingdom of prophecy is not disconnected, connected from the kingdom of history. Why? What's this, the, the, the Davidic covenant. God promised a king, and that would be Jesus Christ, and his kingdom would be forever. So it's not disconnected from the kingdom of history. There is a kingdom of prophecy in the Old Testament, a coming kingdom. That's what we're going to focus in, and it's still, it's still, it's still uh, uh, in the future. Now, uh, here's something I, I want you to keep in mind. I'm, I know I'm going, I know I'm going uh, pretty quickly here. We're going to look at the what, what is it? And these are three questions. It's a lot to cover today, and I, wasn't go, I was just going to preach for a little while, but since that song, I think the sermon might be a little longer. <laughs> I'm all stirred up. So what is it? And that's, that's very important because the only infallible source is the Word of God. If we know anything about the kingdom, it's going to be this. It's going to be this. I, I, I read, let me read these words. And this is, this is a text you can turn if you want to. Zechariah 8, 3. Thus says the Lord, I am returned to Zion. I will, I will dwell, this is the King James, in the midst of Jerusalem. And Jerusalem shall be called a city of truth. Like the, like, he said, he says, a city of truth. Uh, 
And the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain, thus says the Lord of hosts, there shall not yet old, there shall yet old men and old women dwell in the streets. That sounds strange today with all the terrorism in that streets of Jerusalem. In the streets of Jerusalem, every man with his staff in his hand and for every age. And the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls, listen to that, playing in the streets. That is, that's strange today, isn't it, when you look at the blood all through the streets of Jerusalem. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, if it be marvelous in the eyes of the remnant of this people in these days, should it also be marvelous in mine eyes, says the Lord. It's going to be amazing. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, behold, I will save my people from the east country, from the west country. I will bring them, and they shall dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. They shall dwell... Be my people, and I will be their God in truth and righteousness. Really? What is it? When is it? And who is it? We'll look at that today. Those things. Uh, most of the details of the coming kingdom, the coming kingdom are in the Old Testament. Most of the details. You keep that in mind. Most of the details, I'm talking about specifics of the kingdom are in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. It's in the New Testament, but it's not as specific. It's more general in the New Testament. It's the same kingdom. The, the coming kingdom prophesied in the Old Testament is the same introduced in the New Testament. Now, now there, is, there is something we must keep in mind, uh, really, and that is this. Uh, two things must happen before the kingdom comes. Jesus will be here. The king must be here in bodily form. Not, not in the sense of, I, not in the sense of uh, you know, I am with you, but in the sense of it's expedient that I go away, and if I don't go away, I won't come again. In that sense, he's not here. In that sense, he's at the right hand of the Father. In that bodily sense, he must be here. The king must be here. Why? Zechariah 8, 3, I just read it. Thus saith Jehovah, I am returned unto Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem. His bodily presence. Isaiah 2, 3, men and people shall go and say, come, let's go up to the mountain of Jehovah. That's Jerusalem to the house of God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. We will walk in his path. So those things must happen. And the second thing is this. The repentance of the nation of Israel must occur. It didn't happen at the first event. Before the kingdom comes here, has that happened yet? No, that, that Israel over there is not repentant Israel. It must repent. How do you know that? Zechariah 12, 10. And they shall look upon me, whom they have pierced, and they shall mourn for him. That one, as one mourns, mourns for his own son, he shall be, in, and shall be in bitterness for him, as one that is bitterness for the firstborn. Leviticus, and you don't have to turn there, 26, 40 through 42, always affirms repentance must, must come before national covenant blessings, always. Repentance. So those two things must happen before this kingdom comes. Jesus must be here. Jesus will be in a local place. And I believe that, like, like, like someone said, I believe, I believe those places are just as specific as New York or London. And it's going to be real. It's going to be real. So there's a, there's a righteous king. And there's redeemed people. That's what was missing in the kingdom of history. All those kings. Listen, every king, and that was through whom the kingdom of history was mediated. 
They were all sinners. And even those kings, and you know, 20 in Judah and 20 in Israel, even those kings uh, uh, of which it said, and only the Judean kings uh, it was said this, he did that which was right in the eyes of God. Only those kings also messed up. Hezekiah, Jehoshaphat, Asa, they all messed up. All the kings messed up. And I said before, they were, they were ruling over a constituency or citizenry that didn't know the Lord. That's why they, they, they ended up offering their babies to the hot arms of the god Molech. Come on, redeemed people. They were going through the motions. But most of Israel, but in the kingdom there will be a righteous king. And it won't be a democracy, y'all. It'll be a monarchy. And we can't have a monarchy today because what? We corrupt people as sinners. It corrupts from the top all the way down. We know all about that. But this king will be righteous. This is the God-man. This is the second Adam. First one messed up. And he will be ruling a righteous king. Bethlehem of Euphrata, which are little among the thousands of Judah, out of you shall come forth one that is to be ruler in Israel. And his going forth has been from all, from everlasting to everlasting. And you can't say that about a human king. This is a God-man. A righteous, a righteous citizenship. A right, if you can't go to this coming kingdom unless you're born again. Nicodemus, you can't enter it. You can't see it unless you're born again. There must be a change of heart. Jeremiah 31, I will put my law in their inward parts, and, and in their heart will I write salvation, and will be their God, and they shall be my people. That's talking about Israel and salvation, always. And the basis of everybody's salvation, and you know this, you know all the things I'm saying today, the basis of everybody's salvation in every dispensation is the blood of Jesus Christ. The Old Testament saints got it on credit, but it, they're looking to the cross. That's going to be the basis of all those who enter this kingdom. We will already have been saved. I hope you're saved now. I will sprinkle clean water upon you. You shall be clean, Ezekiel 36, from all your filthiness and from your idols. You will be clean from all your filthiness, from your idols, and I will cleanse you a new heart. That's salvation talk in the Old Testament. Also will I give you and a new spirit I will put within you. Within you. That's different. I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. Will give you a heart of flesh. A heart of flesh. So I want to look at some of the, the, two, the two types of people that would enter. And you know all this. and I, it's, it's a lot of material, but I know you know this. But it's rejoicing. I, I'm rejoicing in this. I'm excited about this. I look around and I get, you can get depressed or not, or you can read the Bible. And you can see the end of all of this. And don't tell me looking at that, those atrocities on TV and yeah, I just have to turn it off and watch something else and John Wayne or something. It's just, it's just depressing. The humanity, inhumanity, beastly behavior, uh, uh, brutality, barbarian. So there are two types of people that will enter the kingdom. There will be those who survive the tribulation. A Jewish remnant who believe will enter in their natural bodies. Those survivors, Gentile nations, will enter their natural bodies. And then we will enter 
in the glory, and saved Old Testament saints, New Testament saints, and our resurrected, glorified bodies. We will enter that kingdom, that kingdom. And unless uh, something happens real quick, the rapture doesn't, you know, we got seven years between us, I believe, sort of seven years between us. I'm 77, I don't know. I want him to come today. That's the rapture. That's not the second coming. That's the rapture. What I'm talking about is going to begin with the, with the second coming. Universal knowledge. Does that universal knowledge of the Lord? The earth shall be filled with, filled with the knowledge of the glory of Jehovah. The waters cover the sea. Well, is that the gospel we're preaching? Is that some kind of mystical way, a poetic way of saying oh, we're spreading the news of the God? No, no, I, I take this as real. Universal knowledge of the Lord. People are going to come up, come up, listen, go up and say, come and let us go to the mountain of Jehovah, that's Jerusalem, and to the house of the God, of, and he will teach us of his ways, and we will walk, walk in his paths. And out of Zion, out of Zion, not out of a church, not out of some church, but out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of Jehovah. Zechariah 8, many people in strong nations shall shall come to seek Jehovah of hosts in Jerusalem to entreat the favor of Jehovah, it will say. And ten men from different languages, from different nations, will grab the coat of one, or the skirt of one Jew. That sounds familiar today. One Jew. Ten representing the, the nations. Take us up. Take us up to Jerusalem. Because God is with you. Wow. Now you can do some interpretive calisthenics to change that to the church today it's up to if you don't believe that it's up to you to impose some kind of a interpretation that the bible is not clear on it's up to you and you get into all kinds of mess when you do that and there's universal peace <laughs> what about it today universal peace we're on the brink of war when you go around the middle east and you have all this happening around jerusalem that's red flags everywhere Eschatological, red flags everywhere. Universal peace ain't going to study a war no more. Remember that song? They shall beat their, their swords into plowshares, their spears into pruning hooks. Agricultural and, and nation won't go, won't go to war with another nation, won't lift up sword against another nation. No more West Points. No more bombs going off that you see on the TV. I hear boom, 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 boom. Buildings, none of that. Uh, is, are you going to spiritualize that? Good luck. Even among the beast, <laughs> the wolf will lie down with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. You know, you can see on YouTube sometimes, you can see strange things. You can see, I saw the other day a leopard, you know, with a little doe or something, and they were, they were liking each other, and the leopard wasn't eating up the doe. I thought, well... That sort of reminds me of what's going to happen in the millennium. Sucking child will play on the hole of the aspen. The winged child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy. I like those words in my holy mount. Safety and prosperity. <laughs> the plowman is going to overtake the reaper. Amos 9, 13 through 15. And the trender of grapes, him that sows seed. 
and the mountains shall drip sweet wine, and all the hills shall melt, and I will bring back the captivity of my people Israel. That doesn't sound like church talk. It sounds like Israel talk. And they shall build the waste cities and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and drink the wine thereof. And in Ezekiel 36, God is talking to the mountains. You ever read that? God makes a promise to the mountains of Judea. You will flourish again, he says. Look at it. Look at it. I didn't make it up. Ezekiel 36, God is talking to the mountains and the streams and the valleys. Remember that song, there shall be peace in the valley? You're just dreaming, Wayne. I'm believing. Not dreaming. I'm believing. I'm believing. And they shall build the waste cities, inhabit them. They shall plant vineyards and drink the wine. They make gardens, eat the fruit. I will plant them. This is like pre, this is like Eden type talk. This is like the Eden earth. This is like uh, Eden again. This is like paradise regained. Again. Peace and safety. Again. If you're 100 years old, and they'll say, as they go by, they, as they, uh, as they go by the casket, you know, it was just a child. 100 years old, just a child. Longevity of life again. People call me, they treat me like a child now, but that's, that comes with age, right? Uh, the waitress say honey and, and all that. Honey, <laughs> sweetie. There was a guy who came down from Canada. He was a pastor of the, the church I pastored, and I, so I knew about the story. And a dear, a dear deacon, uh, Foy, was named, I, I love him. He, he took this pastor from Canada out to one of the southern South Carolina restaurants. And uh, then the lady came up to the uh, uh, table, and she said to this Canadian pastor, oh, Honey, can I get you any more tea? Or thank you, sweetie, and all this. And when she left, this Canadian pastor looked at Foy and said, Listen, I've never met that lady. I have never seen that lady before. <laughs> When? When will this happen? When? It's near, but not here. It's near, but not here. Jesus was facing people. In your midst is the word. In your midst. He's, when he says in you, he's talking to Pharisees. You think the kingdom is in Pharisees? Luke 17. It's in your midst. It's near, but it's not here. Never said to be here but near, always here. It was offered. Every dispensationalist I know believes this. It was offered, a bona fide, a real offer to Israel. John the Baptist, repent for the kingdom of heaven is what? Near. Jesus, Matthew 4, 17, repent for the kingdom of heaven is what? Not here, it's near. Uh, well, wait a minute, Wayne. Uh, this is another type kingdom because now we're in the Old Testament. So, I've, so we just automatically change that to something else. Well, look at the text. And that's what my teacher always said, and I like that. What does the text say, Wayne? There's no explanation. Why? Because they knew what the king. This is, these are Jews. They knew what that kingdom was. It was so much detail in the Old Testament. There was no need for an explanation. The kingdom of heaven, they knew what that was. It wasn't the church is exactly what was presented in detail in the Old Testament. The message, repent. The kingdom of heaven, it was offered. 
It was offered. Jesus said to his, listen to this, to his apostles. I want you to go, don't go to the Gentiles, Matthew 10, 5 through 7. Don't go to the Gentiles. Will we say that today? Don't go to the world. Don't have a missions program. Just focus on Israel. That's all. Go to the lost sheep of Israel and say, what again? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near. The king of the kingdom was here. The kingdom was offering that nation, that nation, the kingdom. They rejected it. You know that. They rejected it. Matthew 12, 24. You do these things in the name of Beelzebub. You do them in the name of the devil. So it's postponed. It will be preached again to another generation of Jews, not just Gentiles, another generation that will believe this time, another generation that will look on the one whom they pierce in the end times, and that generation will believe. This one will not. The first century generation did not believe. There's another one coming, Jesus talked about it. I'm taking the kingdom from you and giving it to another nation. That nation, though, is the nation of Israel. That nation, a different nation, in the end times, will look on the one whom they pierce, and they will believe. Do you think Jesus established the kingdom? What about this? Acts 1 and 6, after Jesus was here three and a half years, after he raised from the dead, after just before his ascension, the disciples said, now are you at this time going to restore the kingdom? You haven't done it yet. Are you going to restore the kingdom to the church, to Israel? It wasn't done yet. It wasn't established with Christ. And, but it will be yet in the future. Four unconditional promises God made to that nation. And the who, and let's finish it up, the who. Of course, it's the king, the coming king. The one Matthew was all about. Matthew's all about the credentials of the coming king, Davidic line, Messiah. It's, it's, a, it's probably the most dispensational of all the Gospels. Book of Matthew. You have the, you have the offer, you have, you have the rejection, you have what's going to happen between this time of rejection and the second coming, Matthew 13. And then you have a new peoples, Matthew 16, 18. I will build my church. We're that new people between this time. You and I are that church. We're not Israel. There's no new, we're not the new Israel. There's... Reject replacement theology, which has been around for everybody. And listen, let me say this. This is as a, as a theologian. Listen, if you're not a dispensationalist, and this, I'll stand on this, in one way or another, if you're a covenant, if you're not a dispensationalist, in one way or another, you are, you are a replacement guy. You believe that Israel in some way has been replaced. It has not, God's promises have not been replaced. What about us? And this, this is a little different view. So Colossians 1.13, we've been transferred into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, I take that to be judicial. I don't take it to be that we're in it now. I take it like Ephesians 2.6, we've been made to sit in heavenly places. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. But I think it's called proliptic. There's, a, there's an eschatological uh, context to that, inheritance in the saints in life. And, and Paul is talking about we're, we're citizens now, this is my belief, of a future kingdom but we're citizens now went to Bangladesh a couple times and, and I'm tall and white and speak southern I sort of stood out 
sort of stood out. Everybody around me, different language. I thought they were saying, you know, when are we going to kill him? I don't know, tonight would be a good time. <laughs> they probably were saying, well, what are we going to have for lunch? I was in a strange country. A foreigner. Different language. You're in a strange country. You've got longings for a different type of world. He that overcomes, him that keeps my works unto the end, to him I'll give authority over the nations, and he will rule them with a rod of iron. And the vessels of potter are broken to shivers. Also I will receive them my father. You're going to rule and reign with Christ. You're now citizens. That explains that longing. You know, that I, don't feel, I, don't feel, I feel out of place a little bit. I'm not home yet. Well, you know you're not. You're, you're a kingdom citizen. You're not in the kingdom. Don't say that. But you're a kingdom citizen. Now. You've been born again. And you're looking forward to it. And don't say you're in it. So for some reason, I'm going to end with this. Third question. Uh, 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 who is, but I'm going to, I'm going to end with, with a, a reminder. These are evil times. This, you are really fooled. I don't want to upset you, but you're really, duh. If you walk out there and you watch any news, you think this is what God intended for this planet. You have to say, well, that's not his program. He shifted. He shifted to heaven, and he gave up on the earth. He walked away from the earth. He walked away from his uh, promises and from his creative uh, uh, purposes. He walked away, and because it's so messed up, he just made it all spiritual. Really? That sound like the God of the Bible? It reminds, of evil t- it reminds me of the mission. Your mission here, and you're a missionary. Missionary, thank, thank God, is, is not... Matthew 10. It's Matthew 28, 19 through 20. Going to all the world and preach the gospel. And I hope your purpose, because you're messing up big time, you're failing big time, is to, is to establish the kingdom? To build it? Really? Then you have to change the definition of the biblical term Kingdom. You're going to have to face all those passages in the Old Testament and do some calisthenics. You're going to have to say, oh, you, what you really meant, God, is that you're going to have to talk, talk, replace God's own sentences with what you think it means. Our message is not, it's, it's not Matthew 10. It's, it's Acts 1-8. It's, it's the gospel. It, it, our message our message. It's not building, it's not the kingdom of heaven is at, at hand. It is Christ died for your sins and rose again. And if you'll believe on him, you can be born again. And, you, and you'll be a citizen of the kingdom, but you won't be in it. Expect hard times. Expect the battle. Expect the fight. Don't think the world's going to go, yay! And this is what I love. All glory and praise to the Lamb. To the Lamb. You can, you can turn if you want to. You don't have to, but I, I'll read it anyway. Regardless, if you turn there or not. It's Ezekiel 36. This is, I, preached, I had the privilege of preaching in Egypt. We have, we have 
Egyptian pastors, about 25 of them, and, and I, was, I was speaking on historic books, and you're talking about Israel in Egypt. And I said this statement, and I got an amen out of it. This is not about Israel. Amen. <laughs> it's not. Therefore, my, uh, this is uh, Ezekiel, I love this, Ezekiel 36, 22. Therefore, say unto the house of Israel, thus saith the Lord God, I am not, I do not this for your sakes, O house of Israel, but for mine holy name's sake, which you have profaned among the nations to which you went. I will sanctify my great name, which you have profaned among the nations, profaned among the nations, which you have uh, profaned in the midst of them, and the nations shall know. It says that earlier about the Israel. Israel will know, uh, chapter 36, verse 11, but here it says you. The nations will know. Know is used 70 times in the book of Ezekiel. Know. God's going to make sure. God's going to make sure at the crescendo of history Everybody knows who's doing this. It won't be the bombs of Israel. It won't be Israel's uh, might. And I love Israel, but it won't be that. It'll be God. It'll be God doing this supernatural power. Everybody will know it's me. They will know I'm the Lord, says the Lord God, which shall be sanctified in, before your eyes. Not for your sakes, verse 32, do I do this? Saith the Lord God, be it known unto you, be ashamed and confounded for your own ways, O house of Israel. Seven doxologies. This, listen, y'all. The kingdom is God's hallelujah course of history. The kingdom is God's crescendo for his great name. He promised a land for Israel, a land covenant, coming out of the Abrahamic covenant. And that has not been spiritualized. And listen, if you're a covenant, you have a hard time doing that. He promised a land from the Nile to the Euphrates. He's promised a king from the Davidic line. Jesus is the king. He's, he's, not a, he's the God-man. He's the God-man. He's God in flesh. Perfect king. He's promised salvation in the new covenant. The basis of all salvations in every dispensation is the blood of Jesus. And, and this will be a saved people going into this kingdom. There will be people born that will not be saved out of that. But they will be saved going into the kingdom. There's seven doxologies in the book of Revelation. Worthy art thou, O Lord, our God, to receive glory and the honor and the power for thou didst create all things and because of thy will they were and were created when you look at what's going on over there savagery it's going on all over the world really understand this God keeps his word Understand this, this earth belongs to him. Understand this, he is, he is the sovereign who's putting all this together. Just as for you and I individually, all things work together for good to them that love, the God, love God. So all things are working to good historically. Historically. 
One covenant theologian said, you premillennial are, are pessimist. You're a pessimist. You dispensationalists are pessimists. You're talking about the, the terrible time come. I don't think he read the rest of the book. Did you write that? Did you see the end here? Did you keep reading? I'm very optimistic. This world's not my home. I'm just traveling through. As a, as a close, I want you to do something for me. I want you to stand and say, you remember the doxology? Remember the doxology? You saw stand. Remember the doxology? Let's, how many remember it? Oh, okay, good. I was, think, I was, getting, I was sweating there a minute. <laughs> Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. I hope I get the right. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above, ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Pastor.